0: go and get more uh, soup. But for now, we're going to enter into a service that should be very familiar to all of us. I'm going to begin with a short meditation from uh, the Gospel of John, chapter 13, and a little bit from chapter 15, but this is a night you should remember. Now, before the festival of Passover, Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart from this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The devil had already put it in the heart of Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray him. And during supper, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things to his hand, and that he had come from God and was going to God, got up from the table, took off his outer robe, and tied a towel around himself. He then poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, and wiped them with the towel that was tied around his waist. It came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus answered, you do not know what I'm going to do, but later you'll understand. Or well, Peter said to him, well, you'll never wash my feet. <laughs> Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter then said to him, Well, Lord, wash not my feet only, but my hands and my head. And Jesus said to him, Unless I wash you, you have no share with me. But the one who is bathed does not need to wash except for the feet, but is entirely clean. And you are clean, though not all of you. For he knew who was to betray him. For this reason, he said, not all of you are clean. After he had washed their feet, he put on his robe and had returned to the table and he said to them, Do you know what I've done to you? You call me teacher and Lord and you're right for that's what I am. So if I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. For I have set for you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Very truly I tell you, servants are not greater than their master, nor are the messengers greater than those who sent them. If you know these things, you're blessed if you do them. When he had gone out, Jesus said, Now the Son of Man has been glorified, and God has been glorified in him. If God has been glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself, and will glorify him at once. Little children, I'm with you only a little longer. You will look for me, and as I said to the Jews, so now I say to you, where I'm going, you cannot come. I give you a new commandment, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also should love one another. And by this, everyone will know that you are my disciple, if you have loved one another. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this than delay. lay... Down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I do not call you servants any longer because the servant does not know what the master's doing, but I have called you friends because I have made known to you everything that I have heard from the Father. You didn't choose me, but I chose you, and I appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, so that the Father will give you whatever you ask Him in my name. I'm giving you these commands. That you may love one another. This is the word of God for the people of God. It's the ability to care that creates strong communities and able democracies. That's the words of John McKnight. Take a deep breath, everybody. Look around you. We're safe and warm, we're surrounded by friendly faces. Our tables are set with good food. And yet, if you're like me, you're coming away from a world filled with anxiety and fear. And if we're not careful, we can unknowingly bring all of that in here with us. But hopefully not. We expect this place to be different, don't we? But why? We spent a good deal last year, if you remember, reading the Gospel of Matthew together. And you might remember that I often use the language of a community of care to describe what I understood as Jesus' vision. My hope was to help you get some perspective about the alternative society Jesus was describing in the Sermon on the Mount. The language of a community of care is precisely the language I think is appropriate for tonight as we practice together our church's most sacred ritual, the Eucharist. So I hope you forgive me if much of what you hear tonight sounds familiar. We live in a world framed around an ideology of security. We focus our energy on eliminating threats and managing anxieties. We build walls to exclude weakness. We imagine fulfillment in terms of greatness. We develop goals to show the world that our missions are exceptional. All the while, we sacrifice the things that are the most sacred our interconnected goodness, those things that we have been created for. Well, tonight is what I call a performance of Scripture. It's our chance to hear the gospel story and imagine ourselves as participants in it. We're participants in the performance of Scripture. I hope that when this week is over, you will have a better understanding, uh, that we'll have a better understanding of ourselves That Jesus actually calls us to go and live not as spectators of the gospel, but participants in it, in our everyday lives. If we practice it faithfully, we'll get better and better until we can finally look at each other and ourselves as a community of care. But it takes practice. The part of the story that we're performing tonight is what you probably come to know as the Last Supper. Now, we can all go and take pictures later if you want, just don't make me play Jesus. In the story, it often looks like the disciples were working against Jesus. Like us, they also lived in a world formed around an ideology of security. They took, they too, they worked to find ways to eliminate threats and to manage anxieties. Just listen to the way the rest of the story plays out. Peter, we're told, will cut off a soldier's ear and then deny Jesus to keep himself safe. Judas will betray Jesus by selling his soul to the devil for 30 pieces of silver. And the rest of the men, they run and hide, leaving the women, only the women, at Jesus' side. The night is filled with betrayal and denial, and yet Jesus, he looks around the room and he calls them friends. What we're celebrating tonight is not a gospel that just eliminates threats and manages anxieties. It doesn't build walls and make things more secure. Indeed, the gospel story we're reading, the one we read tonight, is filled with fear and anxiety, denial and betrayal, violence, torture and murder. And the portion of the story we're reading tonight is a celebration. But even the celebration, see, is no different. As our communion, our communion liturgy reminds us tonight is that night, that night, on the night when Jesus was betrayed. Remember that every first Sunday of the month, when we say our communion together, I begin the liturgy with "On the night that Jesus was betrayed." Tonight, this night, on that night. As one New Testament scholar puts it, we find a frantic, furtive and clandestine gathering of hunted fugitives, on the verge of a nervous breakdown, hiding in the attic of a safe house. The scene is held together only by the determined Jesus, even though he knows his companions will abandon him when the authorities come after him as they inevitably will. This is this nice night that we're together is a reenactment of the night of A bunch of fugitives hiding in an attic, fearful of their lives. They were being hunted. They knew their time was near. And here they are celebrating together. What was it that they were celebrating? What's this practice we're practicing all about? Well, what we're celebrating is a gift of Christian friendship. Christian friendship. With friendship, we find genuine community. And we can care and be cared for, but only in genuine community. You can only care and be cared for in genuine community. An unwavering commitment to care, the kind of care that comes about within a community of Christian friendship, it provides an alternative to the ideology of security that rules the world. Thank you. The word security, remember, derives from the Latin secura, which literally means without care. That sounds good to most of us. We build our lives in hopes to be free from care, free from want, without worry. And we hardly realize, however, that free from care not only means carefree, it also means careless. And carelessness, that state of being when we no longer pay sufficient attention to our needs and the needs of those around us, will never result in wholeness, well-being, or safety. The thing that the Hebrew scriptures called shalom is impossible in a state of carelessness. As one New York City lawyer, Elliot Sperber, writes in his essay, The Concept of the Wall, he says that we exist within absolute mystery in which very little is known at all, obliges one to be the opposite of careless, compelling one to move with care. It demands a critical attentiveness that, contrary to the ideology of security, does not conjure the threatening, emotionally charged notion of the alien or the enemy so much as it recognizes the more objective figure, the neighbor. You get that, right? Alien and enemy are subjective. Neighbor is objective. What tonight teaches us is that it's not security that will save the world, it is care. And a key ingredient to forming genuine community of care is a community that practices friendship. Tonight reminds us that the Eucharist, that sacred meal that we share together, is an embodiment of a kind of friendship that is not otherwise available to us. We live in a fragmented and impersonalized world. As the writer Rodney Clapp wrote in his book, A Peculiar People, which I've been reading with you this week if you didn't notice. Our kids are too busy at soccer practice to gather with friends at the local sandlots. We live in two earner households where parents are too busy focusing on their lives, on career advancement and wealth accumulation, and there's no time to build Friendships. There's no energy to sustain friendships. Our lives are too transient and unstable to remain in one place long enough to build lasting friendships. All of our lives are framed for material attainment and status-seeking, but not for true friendship. But here we are together as friends. And we have been invited to this table by Jesus as friends. Friendship, remember, is based on consensual relationships. They're always proposed. True friendship can never be an imposition. Always proposed. It can never be an imposition. Friendships are consensual relationships. They cannot be proposed. And like all proposals, they require the full sharing of information. We may come hiding from the violence and anxiety of the world, but we cannot come here hiding from God or each other. Jesus said to his disciples, I have made known to you everything I have heard. And Jesus made God known as God fully is so that we might be known as we fully are together. Not as servants, but as friends. I do not call you servants, Jesus said, as he got up from his table, took off his outer robe, tied a towel around him. What is Jesus doing here? He's taking the role of a servant. I do not call you servants, Jesus said, as he poured water into a basin and began to wash their feet and wipe them with a towel. I do not call you servants, he said. I call you friends. He washed their feet and then commanded them to do likewise. But he commanded them to care for each other, not as a master commands his servants, but as friends. Why friends rather than servants, you might ask? Why friends rather than servants? Where there are servants, there are masters. That's not the case in a community of friends. Servants can become masters, but friends cannot. The nations of the world strive to be lords over each other, Jesus said. It should not be so with you. And I have at least three scripture verses that quote that from Jesus. Okay, so you might be thinking to yourself, a community of care, doesn't that mean caring for the world? Isn't that a kind of service? Doesn't that make us servants to the world? It's good to serve, right? Well, here's the thing. Servants know the mysteries that they offer in order to control those that they help. Friends, on the other hand, share with each other as equals. You see the difference? They know and seek to be known. Always proposing, never imposing. Always a proposal, never an imposition. Always consensual, never through coercion or manipulation. You see how this works? Jesus invites us to this table, not as servants, but as friends, and calls us to go out into the world, not to serve the world, but to make the world friends. See, friendship is an inherent good. It's not something that you do in order to get something else. Otherwise, you wouldn't call it friendship. And that's why friendship is the deepest kind of love, as Jesus explained. There is no love greater than that of a life laid down by a friend. Tonight, we're celebrating the gift of Christian friendship. With friendship, we find genuine community. And we can care and be cared for, but only cared for if we're in genuine community. Friendship is the key ingredient here. On that night... Jesus looked at the room and he gave his disciples a mandatum novum, a new commandment. Love one another. Love one another just as I have loved you. Love one another. So I want to ask you if you will look at each other, find a face in the room. And I want you to repeat the words, if you don't mind, that are on the cards in front of you. Love one another. Just as I have loved you, love one another. And find another face. Find another face and if you will repeat after me. Love one another. Just as I have loved you, love one another. Okay, find another face. One more face. We've gotten through our whole table. That's impossible. You've only done it 3 times. <laughs> okay we'll do it one more time the point is not the faces it's the you remember there were 12 disciples love one another just as i have loved you love one another may we take it to heart and practice it faithfully let it be our prayer that we will get better and better at living out this new commandment until we can finally look at each other and call ourselves a community of care A community filled with true friends.